0: Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael
1: Crosswhite, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for
0: listening, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Have
1: you, have you ever played a game, or have you ever bought anything through virtual reality or have you ever tried out the virtual reality devices at a Microsoft store or mall or something like that? Anything? Did you just ask me if I've ever been to a Microsoft store? I don't know. That's just a, there's a big Microsoft store in the domain here in Austin and they have a virtual reality testing center inside there. So that came to my mind.
0: I think you should repent for (laughs) ever having stepped foot in a Microsoft store.
1: (laughs) Well, for, I think uh, Apple stores don't have virtual that. Is what reality. we need to talk about. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> we're we're lamenting the wiles of of virtual reality, and you're like, but I didn't. But, uh, I, I, didn't anyway. I didn't. I didn't know Good this was going to turn into an Apple Microsoft thing. Um, you know, but I have repented, Michael. I want you to know. I I don't own, um. Well, it's not true. But I don't personally own or use any Microsoft, Android. I don't have anything that doesn't have an Apple on it. Okay. It's all fruit.
0: Well, that's better. Happy? All right. So, sorry. What was your question? So, have you have ever, ever... Yes, I did. I, it was actually in a Best Buy.
1: So, you went to Best time. Buy, you, or you were shopping for something else. You just tested out the virtual reality. Yeah. And I played basketball and I hit the dude's controller on <laughs> on the
0: table in front of me. <laughs> and he was like, All right, go ahead and take the headphones off. <laughs> was like, I'm, the I'm picturing was you He's like, You can't be trusted. Running around <laughs> circles in
1: Best Buy with with virtual <laughs> reality uh, screen on your face and Best Buy, you know, guys in blue shirts chasing you around yeah, trying yeah, to was, get you to well, stay was, in one was, spot.
0: <laughs> there I was in the middle of an NBA All Star three point contest. <laughs> I was draining them, nothing but net. Me, me, <laughs> you know? me and Steph Curry, right there, and in, 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 me and Steph best Curry. Buy. Actually, it wasn't really me. It was just a
1: pair of hands and Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. So, when you tell and, people uh, that that was your best three-point contest ever do you tell them it was virtual reality or do you just count it as your your best three-point contest oh i tell them i smoked steph curry in a three-point <laughs> contest <laughs> <laughs> oh man the possibilities it, in virtual at least reality steph curry's emoji.
0: that's yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, i can't wait i can't wait for the future it's it's gonna be great yeah so it, bring, it brings up a question for us: Can you go to church in virtual reality? Can you do it? No. I, I think if anyone's listened no. to our podcast for any amount of time, the they the, it's it's like a, it's just a softball question. They already know. They would, they would know what we think about that. What we've taught about that. Um. So I don't think that would come as a surprise that we say, "Hey, the church should be gathering in person and." And not online. And, and I don't think I have any members of my church who, who would say in declaration as a statement of faith that they think church can and or should be in perpetuity online or in a virtual uh, reality. I don't think that you would have that in, in your church at all either. Is that right? Well, um
0: <clears throat> let me but let me think about that for just a second. If, if so, I think the vast majority of our teaching or you know time spent with my church and definitely my church has heard me say some of these things and probably I would I would bet you almost everyone in there if they were presented with the question, "Hey, what would Michael say is virtual reality church?" they would say he would say no. Right. But I think most of our time and our discussion has been around the concept of like YouTube church mm-hmm. or online Zoom. church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zoom church or, or whatever you want to call it, like where you actually go to a website, You it has the little link up at the top, watch online. Like so many people did mm-hmm. during COVID. We, we were one of those. Yep. Um, I know you were as well, mm-hmm. where you could click on the link go watch online and it actually take you to, you know, the the YouTube page where you could see the service. You could actually maybe even sing along, Mm -hmm. you could listen to the sermon, all those sorts of things, and then the feed would just cut off at the end. Mm -hmm. I think that's a qualitatively different question than what we're really talking about. Mm -hmm. Because we're talking about virtual reality church, which is there are differences where some of the bigger problems that we've talked about with our churches in regards to YouTube church are overcome in virtual reality church and mm, like so so that so, oh, okay, you know we, okay. we
1: both so you're saying there's the the idea out there that yeah um, you know, online church is bad. That, that's not the best. It's not personal. It's not connected. It's not. You can't talk to people. It's, um, it's it's not real. So it's not good. But you're saying there's the idea out there that maybe virtual reality, at least the technological uh, opportunity, is there and growing for virtual reality to fix to fix that problem. Right. So so. What are the what are some significant
0: problems that we've talked about with YouTube Church or oh, just you can't online? One, first of all, you can't greet one another church.
1: with the holy kiss. You can't do that, right? Yeah, there's that exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> or perhaps a handshake. Yeah, uh, yeah, or perhaps <laughs> in the yeah. era yeah. of yeah the the era of COVID, a Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You know, um. So you know, you you can't. There, there's not a reciprocating relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can receive, you can f- feed off of the things given, but you cannot feed others, and that's the big problem. And what what's told to us time and again about our corporate worship in Scripture is that it's a reciprocating relationship. You you go to church, and yes, you grow. Yes, you are fed. Yes, you are are admonished, encouraged, built up a number of things, Mm -hmm. but your presence there also builds others, feeds others, you know, and we, I talked about this last night with, with our churches, you, you know, you go to church, you get in, To um, serendipitous conversations, conversations you didn't know you would have Mm -hmm. that, that day with people that, you know, just you ask them how they're doing. They tell you not good. You start they start pouring their soul out to you. And before long, two minutes later, you're in a conversation about maybe sin issues or encouragement that they really need or something like that. And so there's this reciprocating relationship there. Beyond that, even Paul tells us in Colossians, just the singing together Mm -hmm. uh, is uplifting and encouraging. you got somebody that's struggling with the loss of a loved one or or something else, and they're hearing you sing the truths of Scripture, the truth of the gospel out loud. Um, You know, the people sitting next to you are encouraged by that. And they're reminded of of gospel. Truth. So let me so let me, let me push on that. Do you there's think, a
1: reciprocating relationship? Is what I was trying to say. Do you think we? But what if we could say we could
0: do that in virtual reality, where well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying is that that now there's a difference between that right. the YouTube uh, relationship and the virtual reality where the
1: reciprocating relationship is actually introduced again, right, or reintroduced, right? Yeah, that's that's made possible in right. in a in in a form. Yeah, yeah. So what? So, so then, that's the question:
0: is yeah. is that is it truly overcome? Does that overcome all the obstacles? And does that make it? Uh, does that make the virtual church, which is different than the online church, better? Mm-hmm. Both of them are connected to the internet yep. in some capacity, but one's virtual. One is one is two dimensional mm-hmm. and non reciprocal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I would even go so far to say is there's, I don't see as much difference as you as you think. So one of the things we're going to reference, I think, a few times on this episode probably is uh, Mark Zuckerberg's one-hour presentation of uh, Meta, Facebook becoming Meta, and the introduction of the metaverse being their main investment—the virtual uh, mm. universe, uh, basically uh, online and. And, you know, I, I laughed at one point because they're, they're you know, they're explaining that they're trying to break out of physical, they're trying to break out of screen limitations, and they're trying to get into presence. They're a people company, not a technology company, and, and those kinds of things. And I'm just sitting back and thinking, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm just think I think this is the obvious answer, but I'm like, how are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? Well, they're going to, instead of using a phone or instead of using our computer, they're going to make the screen a screen that you strap onto your head. It's just going to be a screen <laughs> strapped on your head. And instead of doing buttons on your screen, you're going to do buttons in your hand. Or I mean it's going to be an amazing technology. You know, they you know, in the in in the video that he gave us there's, you know, handwriting with an invisible pen on your leg that turns into text <laughs> on the screen in front of you or something in front of you. Um, but they're they're not talking about kind of in inceptive type experiences where you close your eyes and you experience these things in your, in your mind, you know, on some other conscious level, they enter your, your consciousness, they're still going through your eyes with a screen. So it's a screen yeah. and it's, a, well, it's a, it's right a microphone it and it's, that's, that's what it yeah. is, right? That's what the, yeah. that's what virtual reality is. Sure. So it's not. It's not even different technologically. Yeah. It's not different. Not yet. I mean, there are a few things even in his video that allude to the, um, you know, can you control text and things like that with your mind? The you know, there's a few sentences in there that I was like, yep, yeah, that's that's different. You know, I don't know what he's getting at there, but I don't. I would just say I don't think it's even fundamentally even different. You know that there's. It, it might yeah, sound true. like there's a gap. There's a greater transcendence a, a greater ability to communicate and relate and 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 feel a sense of the experience of presence but it is it's fundamentally the same thing you do you think well uh I, I think i would i would maybe disagree a little bit
0: that um you know there is a there is an extreme difference between it and youtube yeah sure um youtube is one-way communication So for the most part, I mean, there's, there's text chats that you can get into, but we would all see that's qualitatively different. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but in a, in a metaverse, let's say. You're you have yes, you have a, a thing strapped on your face. Which which is hilarious to me because it's like we've been the last two years strapping something on the bottom half of our face and now they're going, hey, let's strap something on the top half of your face too. Uh, you know. Or remember how great it was to wear a mask around? Now mm-hmm. we're gonna do it on the top half of our head. Mm-hmm. Um
1: you know, which is just
0: weird. So I see where um, you're going. There's
1: but, we we fix problems and even you know Zuckerberg's idea of virtual reality is not cartoonish avatars, but very, very realistic images of yourself uh, with whatever kind of hair you want. That is very, very realistic, and you can walk into a very realistic room. You can walk into your actual church building virtually and actually stand in the back and look people in the face. Uh, you know, it, you know, in the in a virtual room, but in a Picture of your own church, and you can have conversations. You can talk to people. You can do the. You can you know you could talk to each other about prayer and, and pray with each other. You could um, you could see if someone's face is sad, and you can have a side conversation uh, over here in the room while everyone's walking out. You can you can do those kinds of things as and, and YouTube doesn't even offer anything close to that.
0: Right. Right. So, so you're looking at a situation which is qualitatively different in that I can sit in a, let's say a church service, for, for instance, I could listen to someone preach and I could turn to my right and actually see someone next to me. I could even mm-hmm. tap them on the shoulder with my joysticks yep. and they would get a notification, somebody's just tapped you on the shoulder and they would, or they'd feel a buzz mm-hmm. on their glasses or something and they would turn to their left and they would see me there and I could talk to them. They would see my mouth move they would respond. And, and this is this is right in line with what's being presented and what the goal is. So I'll, I'll take the, that YouTube video and I'll just put it in the show notes so that anybody that's listening to this could watch it and kind of see what we're talking about. But the, the idea that Zuckerberg is presenting is, and he reiterates over and over again, is one of presence. We want you to feel present. That's the problem with YouTube. Is, and the problem with Zoom and, and all these other different online mediums is that you can chat with somebody, but they feel very two-dimensional. They feel very distant. There is you know a big gap between you and them. So we want to overcome that, and the way we want to overcome that is with presence. We want you to feel like you are in the same room and that when you end that conversation, you really do feel like you've been there with that person mm-hmm. in some capacity.
1: Yeah, and I think that's... So I think can, that makes it qualitatively different. Yeah, and let me just say that's that's what surprised me watching the video this morning was it, it didn't surprise me that there was a, a pursuit of technology in a capitalistic world uh, where uh, Gucci and Apple and everyone can come make a store, and you know Etsy is now a, a store that you can go to in virtual reality. That didn't surprise me. What surprised me was what you just described, the language, where they say things like the goal here is realistic and stylized avatars where you can see as closely, as pores, see as, as, closely as pores on someone's skin, skin that create a deep feeling that we are present with people. Again, he says, but we know what we all know what we want, full-body avatar in a virtual environment so that you are just there. And he says, even though early on in Facebook I didn't have the skill or technology to build it yet, the dream was always to feel present with the people that we care about. Isn't that the ultimate promise of technology, to be together with anyone, to be able to teleport anywhere, and to be able to experience anything? We all need to work together from the beginning to bring the best possible version of this future, a future where, <clears throat> just with just a pair of glasses, you'll be able to step beyond the physical world and step into the kinds of experiences that we have talked with each other. Again, he goes on, a future beyond the limits of distance and physics and towards a future where everyone can be present with each other. The future is going to be beyond anything we can imagine, he says. So I and his basic point is we're we're not a technology company. We are in you know we're pursuing technology breakthroughs, but what we are creating and offering and giving and selling and, um, and you know the the, the technology that we are pursuing is presence. The goal is presence. That that that, that is the word uh, that was chosen, and you know if we're exegeting this video it's the repeated word through the whole message is presence presence so that that brings us to yeah. a point where we're like all, all of our worst fears about youtube maybe they can be solved now maybe maybe they get it May, maybe technology and and facebook and other creators maybe they get it and so now we actually can do all the things that we were wanting to do do virtually Uh, which is an even bigger, more existential kind of question than the one we're talking about now when it comes to gathering with the church, being together with one another. It, It seems like it's a much deeper question that we have to answer.
0: Yeah, so I think that's their hope, right, is that we've just overcome all the obstacles that were previously present, you a while you know we've been doing this zoom thing and um and the biggest you know bit of feedback that we've heard from it is that it's and and that we've all felt is that it's just not the same as being there with somebody but now we're introducing presence in a way that while still virtual you can feel as though you're right there with them and so, you know, it would seem, I think, at least according to Mark Zuckerberg, that uh, we've overcome all the obstacles. There's, there's nothing left to do. So now just, you know, accept this, and I think you'll be, you'll be fine. I mean, I think, you know, obviously there's, there's, a, there's huge issues, too, with just thinking about whether or not people are actually buying into this. You know, I don't know anybody that would watch that, that YouTube video and go, man, this is the world that I've really wanted for so long. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we can't remove ourselves from the reality the or the virtual
1: reality. But that, you know uh, what? But here's, here's what I would say to that. I don't think anyone woke up and said, I want to do Zoom meetings and I can't wait to do, to do Zoom meetings. It, no, it, and it everybody became, hated them. It became an and we still hate it for the most part, but we also can't get away. From, we still fight the convenience of it, you know. Uh, we've got to have a two-hour meeting. Uh, well, my office is thirty minutes away one way. Um, man, we can sure cut that short. Let's so let's go ahead and do a Zoom meeting. It's worth it. Uh, we get everything we need out of the meeting. We can see each other's faces, and you know, convenience and opportunity and efficiency. Drive something that I, I didn't want, but but now I feel like it's worth it, yeah. Because it lets me do lets me do other things, and so um, no, I I agree. I think most people watch it and, and go, we've seen this sci fi movie, and it doesn't end well, right. So let's not do that. But no, it's not going to pop up today, and it's going to happen way more gradually. Why? You know, I don't want to just shop for an iPhone on. Uh, on my computer with my screen in front of me, that's boring. But I don't want to go to the store. I have an I have another option um, where someone can see my physical face, like I'm in Zoom, but even more interactive. Um, so I think those things are going to be way more alluring to common life than than we than we think they might be right now. But regardless, the question the question is, does that cure the problems that we have with gathering in regards to YouTube or Zoom or other things when it comes to Sunday morning and what it means to gather. And my the way I would respond to that first is we as a church, and pastors especially, are going to think beyond imperatives of Hebrews 10.24, where we're told to not neglect gathering together as some do, but instead meet together, stirring one another up to love and good works, and even more as you see the day drawing near. There's an imperative to gather, and there's a reason that is for love, for encouragement, and the time of the day drawing near. But the deeper question still is, is meeting virtually that, what is, What does the word presence mean in the Bible? What does God mean by presence? What does God mean by embodiment? Mm-hmm. What does God mean by being together? I mean, we live in a world where such fundamental questions have to be asked. That maybe we should have been defining with greater clarity the last 150 years or so, but it's just so assumed in the culture. We're asking questions like, what does it mean to be a boy? You know, we're not talking about the higher levels only of biblical manhood and womanhood and, and marriage and sex and gender identity. What does it mean to be male? What does it yeah. mean to be female? And now when it comes to the church and gathering, we're asking more existential questions about what does it what, – what's the word presence mean? When can you say – and it, in, in, even in legal terms, like I'm thinking about law one day, like not just Christian statements of faith, but, but legal law. What's the word presence mean? You know, <laughs> so it just it really it, it's getting it's getting at fundamental ideals of there's a God in heaven. He created an an embodied person, Adam, and Adam and Eve came together to be one flesh in marriage. And the, the ideals of what it means to be together and be one, uh, not just in terms of instruction, but in terms of what what is presence mean? I, I think that that's the kind of level of question that we have to be asking. Um, we we have to be prepared to answer and discuss and the level on what we need to, to teach uh, underneath and before we start asking people to do certain things. Because the rest of the world that we are in is more commonly, and even our church and small groups in the past year have... Um, the past two years have allowed um, online participation to count and to you know ev- even if we know it's not the same we know it's not the same but it seems to be sufficient is it is it sufficient is it the same and if we can do better a better version of that is it sufficient you know if we can we can fulfill uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg's dream to have this extremely detailed, personal, interactive feel like you are in the room. Uh, just be there, as he says. And I can leave feeling like I actually was just there. Right? I don't leave with the emptiness of not being there. I leave with the experience of feeling like I was there. Is that is that enough? Is that is that it?
0: I mean, there's certainly tons of questions we have to answer in there I mean I think all of those are, are valid and certainly philosophically I would agree with you we do have to wrestle with what presence really means we have to answer that question whether or not this platform ever takes off or not right
1: mm-hmm. yep
0: um, but I don't think I do think it's it's worth considering that it's not a foregone conclusion that the metaverse is going to be really successful we have to remember sure. that you know as far as Mark Zuckerberg's concerned, he he's trying to get away from Apple and Google, and mm-hmm. it has has a desperate need to save his company, which he took needs, a massive a platform. hit. Yeah, yeah, which took a massive hit after Apple updated their software to allow you, the user, to opt out of being tracked and profiles, you know, gathered about you. And I mean, essentially, Facebook's whole, um, you know, whole M O for the last many years has been building a profile of you, selling it to the highest bidder, and. When Apple, which is their biggest platform that they that they have, said um, we're going to allow our consumers to opt out of you being able to track them, it killed half of Facebook's business. So their latest Mm. their latest um, pitch to their or their latest uh, whatever whatever, uh, meeting with their shareholders showed a a dive in their overall value and in their profits and all kinds of things because their ad revenue just plummeted. So they've got to, you know, build a different platform, something that's Mm -hmm. outside of Apple and Google. And they're doing that with this virtual reality. And they're they're kind of saying this is the wave of the future. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a foregone conclusion, one, that it's going to happen. I don't think it's also a foregone conclusion that, two, they can actually construct what they demonstrated on that YouTube video, at least right now. Like Mm -hmm. if you, in your experience of virtual reality, you put on those glasses, you don't see a you avatar moving around the world. You see a pair of hands. That's what you see. And it's like these floating uh, disembodied hands and that are just sort of floating in the the world. And then what you see in front of you is a very graphically poor representation of some person, right? And the reason Mm -hmm. that they can't, that they often do you know avatars of like you know Winnie the Pooh or something like that Mm -hmm. is is because uh they can't graphically represent a person very well and so what was shown to us in the video was something heavily edited done in 3d rendering programs and things like that that wasn't like screen captures of what's what actually it looks like right now Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm skeptical that one, they can really execute what they're sort of promising is their hope for the future. And that's how they, they cast it in the video is this is our hope for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also skeptical that people are going to really like buy into it. Will they, you know, they're sick and they need to go buy a new dress. Will they do it virtually? Maybe. Will they, you know, opt to do some things, uh, over other things, you know, because it's, it's more convenient, like have meetings, you know, virtually instead of on zoom. Yeah. I think maybe that might be the case. If the, uh, if the alternative is zoom and or VR, then they'll probably opt for VR, but I'm skeptical that, that VR will in any real way replace a real the real world experience in that people will actually buy into it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do think what we've seen even in just the last couple of years is that for many church has become an optional experience. So they've opted maybe to watch online, but then when they opted to watch online, that became a little bit too difficult and after maybe 3 weeks they were like Mm, I don't really want to go online anymore either. I can just catch it later. So I can go do something else in the morning and then I'll just catch the sermon two times the speed, you know, on YouTube later
1: on. Mm-hmm. And kind I of I don't know who does that though. I can't I don't know who listens to things in like two or three times speed. It sounds crazy to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, who would do that? I don't um, know who would do that? <laughs> So, uh, well, the Mark Zuckerberg thing was like two hours long, so I had to speed that thing up. I'm like, no way am I listening to the whole thing. uh, Yeah, and here's me over
1: here. I don't even know how you would listen to that in two times speed. I don't even know where that button is. It was funny.
0: You sent it to me. Yeah, and I think I finished it first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like 30 minutes That's behind me, true. and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm already done. I've already passed yeah. that a long time ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, I can come back and I can catch the sermon later and and have just the same experience and you know whatever and speed it up, and so all of a sudden, church became this optional experience. So now what I'm really worried about is, well, you're not worried about, this is probably too strong, is on one side that people will actually be lured into this to say, not only is church optional, but if you wanted to, you could get an even better experience, quote unquote, online in your pajamas, virtually and overcome a lot of the obstacles that were present with like Zoom or YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's one end of it, and I I think that's a significant—or I think that's not an insignificant end of it, that we have to prepare our people with the question of presence. I think the other end is perhaps even more dangerous that I'm probably more concerned about in that we're going to be in a battle telling people that that's not Christianity, because what's being presented now is a sort of a marketing tool. To access people who are not Christians, sell them virtual reality church, and tell them what they're getting is Christianity. And mm. I think that it's particularly ironic that you would be telling them about a Jesus who was physically incarnate, where mm-hmm. all the technology in the world was available to the Lord, of course, and yet he chose to make his presence incarnate with us, mm-hmm. not so so we're we're really transitioning i think in our language from saying merely present gather assembly which is all true of virtual but now saying incarnate you're in flesh mm-hmm. right as opposed to virtually yeah um and so here here's the lord you're presenting this jesus who became incarnate who mm-hmm. could have healed the blind guy by just saying, Bing, you're healed, or healed. He obviously knew the blind guy was coming to meet him on the road or whatever mm-hmm. and could have just healed him before he even got there, obviously, but didn't. Not only did he not say, you're healed, but reaches out and touches his eyes. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we're starting to now have to contrast the message of the gospel from the one presented to the virtual attender by saying the gospel is physically incarnate being in the presence of somebody that that Mm -hmm. actually means something you're more than the sum of your parts Mm -hmm. virtual reality would say look to be present all you really need is your voice your eyes and your brain as long as Mm -hmm. you got those three things together you are present okay and what yeah,
1: let me <clears throat> let me tag on that because we're. I, I think we're gonna have an artificial intelligence episode later, but there's there is some movement among some. I, I don't know how how popular uh, this is. Uh, some of this stuff I'm just learning and reading now for myself, uh, but I'm reading a book called Twenty Eighty Four by John Lennox about artificial intelligence. And he's kind of walking through the different uh, levels of artificial intelligence, which Mark Zuckerberg mentioned in his, uh, his video as well. And he mentions this guy named uh, Yuval Harari, who wrote a book called Sapiens. And he has, in his idea about the future of art- artificial intelligence, he gives an idea of basically what it means to be alive, what it means to be a being, so he, listen to what he says. For close to 4 billion years, every of course, this is an atheistic worldview. Um, for close to 4 billion years, every single organism on the planet evolved subject to natural selection. Not even one was designed by an intelligent creator. The biologists are right about the past, but the proponents of intelligent design might ironically be right about the future. Now, he says, humankind is poised to replace natural selection with intelligent design and to extend life from the organic realm to the inorganic. So he we sees- We become our own creators, We, we our become own our sustainers. Yeah, we become creators and, and intelligence and life and existence is something that we can copy and paste from organic into inorganic. And so th- I think these things are at play in what we're discussing here is, what does it mean to be human? What does it What does it mean to to speak to one another, to touch one another, to listen to one another? Uh, what do those things mean? Yeah. You know, and there's um, also
0: the the what is the the real effect of a soul being in front of you mm-hmm. and being incarnate in front of you mm-hmm. that that there is a a qualitative difference whether you perceive it or not there is a qualitative difference of having you embodied in front of me than the way we're in front of each other right now i mean i can see you right mm-hmm. but you're two dimensional mm-hmm. you're on a screen in front of me mm-hmm. and 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 yet there is a difference in having nathan in the room with me mm-hmm. there's a difference in our conversation there's a difference in the way we relate to one another there's a difference in humor and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a myriad of things more than mm-hmm. you could even name. There is a qualitative difference. Even if we were to fill out the world that we were in right now to be three dimensional, where we could move around a room, I could nudge you, things like that virtually. That would be different than actually having a, a living, breathing human soul in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it, so I think, I, I do think, I think all of those questions are coming into play. Everything that John Lennox brought up, everything that the other guy brings up, I think all of those questions, what does it mean to be human? All of those things come into play. I do, however, think it's not a foregone conclusion that um, we're going to live in a world where this actually does take off and mm-hmm. becomes the accepted norm. Yeah. because i mean how many people watched the matrix and really thought to themselves man i would love to live inside the matrix
1: well the problem is i think it <laughs> I think it might be more than than you think <clears throat> On some, in some respects, that people do want that, and I, I, and I think we kind of disagree about this because I lean a little bit from the other direction. I think it's going to be more subtle and attractive over time, yeah. Than just dropping on us, everyone go get your VR goggles. No one has to go to work anymore. Um, we just, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what's that movie with the the robot in it that Disney made? You know, we just sit in our chairs and we do everything from our chairs. Everything. I don't think it's going to drop on us next year. Wally was the answer. Wally, that's the one. Yeah, Yeah, you would know. So the I'll take Pixar for (laughs) four (laughs) hundred. So the, the the questions we have to answer are like, what did what did God do? What did what what kind of world did God make? And and what is what is God God's design for happiness? And for connection and for presence. And then we have to start asking questions about why we don't like that, why that's not enough. You know, like even you and I are talking, and an irony is we're talking almost a thousand miles away in video, real time. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. At least we couldn't, government maybe. But we, (laughs) um, but why don't we? Um, Why would we prefer that? What would be a a preference, you know, as long as, uh, I don't remember what book uh, I was reading about technology, but as long as there's something between me and the other people that I'm around, there there are options for um, hiding, putting forward a projection of yourself, uh, for making yourself who you want to be. Right. I mean, even in, in, in Mark Zuckerberg's, the idea, you know, the, the, if you're bald, you can not, not just a cartoon version of yourself, but you can have a, a you know, a full head of hair that looks like your hair in, a, in, a, in an extremely real way, right? And I agree, I mean, those things could have been easily just produced for their video, um, but I think they're, it's, it's there, right? It's possible, you know the yeah. the kind of you know you get to you know pick your emoji that you want to be. No, you can you can be yourself. But the um, the 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 concept being, there's always a buffer between me and my engagement with other people, and it's a filter. It's always a filter. It's always I I will I will control what gets through from me to the other person on the side of this on the other side of the screen on the other side of the virtual reality. Um, and there is a sense in which that is very difficult. I just stop short of impossible, but very, very difficult because people live fake lives in person. People live duplicitous lives in person. Um, but I think the question of why do we want to go do that? Why? Why do, we, why do we want a virtual reality where we're doing more than just having, you know, conversations about buying iPhones and about um and and about you know doing business meetings but but something like going to church or going to a thanksgiving meal with your family or spending time with your daughter why that like that right that was the thing that we were laughing about i think maybe before we started recording today was just that the the, the promise for presence is you could do anything you can imagine you can teleport anywhere you can go be with anyone and i'm thinking like you can go to the moon you can go to mars you could go to to india and the promise is you can see your family and friends and maybe play 3 on 3 basketball <laughs> it's, like, it's like really cuz i feel like i can kind of already do that right now yeah. if i want yeah. to yeah. so i don't i don't need your your vr tech to do that um and it, so it's it's not just getting in like business transaction information meetings but as i it's said before though
0: as I said before, my basketball skills virtually <laughs> are far superior. Yeah, to my yeah. Imper- my incarnate basketball skills. Let's just say that's it that probably
1: way. the most tempting thing to me would be uh, my golf handicap and what it could be. Oh, yeah, dude, we golf real temptation. I'll own you in we golf. <laughs> <laughs> Wii. That's that's so 10, 15 years old now, man. Dude, oh those gosh. those avatars
0: that they make on that virtual thing, they look just like Wii emojis or whatever they were <laughs> back in back with Nintendo Wii. They look exactly the same. I'm like, really? Oh we
1: haven't gosh. updated the technology since the Wii I mean. You have seriously dated yourself because I can't even find Wii golf games at GameStop anymore. Like that's just they're like, what is that? That's It's not even retro yet. It's not even come back yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think it, it it becomes a fundamental question of do we believe that God has ordered the world where God, who is spiritual, has made man embodied to be together with one another embodied. Is that mm-hmm. the world? That it and that is that the way that God has made it to be. And if God has made it to be that way, then we can actually believe that is the best way. Mm-hmm. that that is the way to the greatest happiness, the greatest connection. And the greatest joy. There one of the moments that just caught me off guard here, and I'm really harping on this video because I think it's representative of a culture, not just Mark and their capitalist sure, adventures. Absolutely. Yeah. But he believes people want this, and I think there's a culture out there that does want this. Sure. I and there's a spot where he says, uh, you know, it will open up endless possibilities for uh, for connection, for creation and for joy. And he raises up his hands and I was like, Joy Right. Joy, that's where you went. That right. there's joy out there accessible to us through through this, and I think that's the way a lot of people think about technology and even in, even simple things like our phones when our phones come out and they're they're more capable and they can do more, it's exciting. Yeah. and there's you know there, whether it's whether we consider it presence kind of opportunities or not regardless to the fact that uh, it's exciting. So we just it just makes me think about the, the biblical creation order, God's ideal for embodied persons in relationship, and then the fruit of that being that Jesus Christ became a man. He was embodied as a man among men, for men, crucified as a man, resurrected as a uh, albeit new creation, eternal, resurrected man, uh, where he is one day coming back again to give and secure an eternal embodied heaven at the end of Revelation. And I don't know if I have this in front of me, but I just, uh, I haven't put all of this together yet, but I just thought it's it's so funny that the, the main buzzwords... In this video, are embodied yet beyond physical future presence, and I'm like this from the guy. I'm do, I'm I'm the guy preaching Revelation right now. Those words are very familiar, and they're very packed together, maybe in different uh, linguistic terms and syntax. But that little collection of ideas is the end of Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like we we're, we're 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 recreating yeah. our own concept of presence reality fellowship embodiment our our, our own version of it but maybe i think that underneath it is uh maybe achieve the same feeling easier can hide you can hide yourself you can make yourself whoever you want to be you don't have to be you know, who God created you. You don't have to be the body type God gave you. You don't have to be the eye color God gave you. You don't have to be anything that you really are if you don't want to be. Uh, So there's so many existential issues about who we are, what we are, and and what presence means that I I think uh, come up. And we start thinking about creation and Christ, and it becomes gospel issues. You know, the gospel being a promised... Uh, resurrection and a physical heavenly reality in the future as our hope Uh, that's part of the gospel that's part of the good news Uh, the gospel is not just in a disembodied unembodied um, spiritual experience of justification by faith but a reality eternally that that will never go away will be indestructible In the future, I mean, those I don't, I haven't even put it all together yet, but those things are really at the core of what we're talking about. Do you think so?
0: Many of the promises of the virtual world are the same promises of things like Gnosticism Mm -hmm. and so many things, so many other religions that are currently out there that the real you is inside you Mm -hmm. and is longing to get out, and if Mm -hmm. only you could shed yourself. From these physical clothes that right now prohibit you, so you're bald, and that's a prohibitor to actually, you know, mm-hmm. finding a, a date, you know, yeah. or something like that. Which and so, it, it, man,
1: might be. Yeah.
0: What are you trying to say? I mean, I, I feel you like went, that was you a went shot. somewhere. I was not trying to go with that. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, in the virtual world, you can still insult someone. I guess because that was clearly.
1: <laughs> That was a clearly a shot you read, in you my. I was not trying to go there. I you think took it, was. it so. Listen, no, I'm I, thinking... I, I'm, I was. I was thinking about it out in the world. You no, received uh-huh. it really sure. personally. Okay, all right. all right, and you can apparently virtually
0: lie too. All right, okay. <laughs> so, well, where was I? All right, let me just
1: circle back you were, i think you're onto something with the gnostic idea well so the
0: idea is basically disembodied that, person that yeah your physical self is holding you back from the real reality which is beyond which is kind of a, a turn on virtual reality it's like well Mm -hmm. sure it's virtual reality but it actually becomes the real and better you because Mm -hmm. now what you can present is the you that you've always wanted to be so Mm -hmm. in some ways it's the it's the things that we often think about associated with heaven like a disembodied floaty place that's perfect in every way. Well, you're Mm -hmm. creating your own reality. Now you're your Mm -hmm. own God. So you can create everything that you want it to be. So you can put hair on yourself or you can, uh, make it, maybe you make yourself not human. Maybe if you have gender identity disorder, you can make yourself the identity that you feel like you really are. Um, all of the things that now prohibit you in the physical world are removed. You can have real presence. You can have be the real you that you always wanted to be. And which is antithetical to the actual Gospel message of Christianity, mm-hmm. which is essentially what you were saying, is that not only did God create us, but He created us embodied. What it means to be human is to be embodied. And mm-hmm. everyone recognizes, at least everyone did recognize in the <clears throat> authentic and true Christianity, that uh, to be disembodied was unfortunate. To die for your body to go in the grave, for your soul to go to be with the Lord mm-hmm. was a temporary uh place a -hmm. a temporary dwelling what we're really waiting on is the resurrection from the dead when jesus returns and the bodies from the grave will get up and (laughs) that the grave will will not be able to hold us like that that is the promise and that's what we're longing for which brings the real danger i think in this whole virtual church let's let's call it that Mm -hmm. is that What people are presenting virtually to these virtual attenders is that here is the real gospel. It's disembodied.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And what we're saying is, no, that is not the real gospel. The real gospel is embodied. It is presence. It is Mm -hmm. incarnated presence. I don't mm-hmm. know if incarnated is a word, but incarnate presence. Go for it, yep. it is. Yeah, it is. It's going to be now. I mean, good grief. You know, yeah, it is now. Yeah, you started It's, it. it's, <laughs> it's, <I> mean, <laughs> it's incarnate presence uh, with another person. Th- there's a reason why it's, it's different having a, a Savior who actually touched the eyes of the blind to heal them, that was standing in front of them, um God healed many people from a distance. Jesus even healed people from a distance, healed the the uh you know the Roman centurion's son
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, from a distance but but there is a there's a a difference in in meaning and quality that he stood in front of his people that he physically bore their sins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He didn't just send him a text that said it was over mm-hmm. you know. That like, mm-hmm. hey, I've just snapped my fingers and decided to dispense with this whole thing, or I've killed Christ virtually, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah. laid the sins of humanity on him and punished him on our behalf virtually. Mm-hmm. Like it, it happened incarnate, and it's and so, I think it's it comes to the very core of the Christian message that we're saying that incarnate ministry actually does matter. It's the mm-hmm. end of this whole project, the end of this whole thing,
1: mm-hmm. human
0: existence is an incarnate state where Christ will dwell with us forever, never Mm -hmm. again having the threat of being not incarnate or something other than incarnate. Mm -hmm. And so the worry that I have, I guess, on the church's behalf is not so much that people will, um, that that the church might be inundated with the idea of virtual and that people will go, you know what, I really like virtual over over. By physical presence Mm -hmm. because I can be at church and I can have hair as you would probably say, (laughs) but, but that, that there would be a, there would be churches out there, quote unquote churches out there with quote unquote pastors or ministers who are presenting Christianity virtually
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and that it might fool thousands, millions, hundreds of millions of people into believing that Christianity is something other than incarnate. And then mm-hmm. it, it becomes associated with things like Gnosticism, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, many other things where there's, mm-hmm. you know, that that confuses, that thinks that the, the body is what's holding everybody back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and, and I, I, I think the question is there, even if you, let, let's say for something the government steps in and starts, you know, regulating the metaverse, and you, you somehow have some kind of limit on how you can uh, you know, edit yourself publicly. And when you come to church, you even have to register uh, through a certain authentic- authentication process that you actually are a 40-year-old male named Nathan with blue eyes, six foot, 200-something pounds, whatever, and that that's re- what you really like. That's who you really are. And uh, so you have that authenticity, and then when you're talking to people, you are there talking to people. I mean, even if we can make it where you are yourself, right? And it's not, you know, you you show up at church as a, you know, six foot dark hair, you know, you know, or long blonde hair, whatever guy, you know, you know, you show up to church as someone else. Even if you do show up as yourself, just the idea of presence being. And extended through another medium, other than your body in the room with another body. Your you sounds like what you're getting at is that is a gospel issue, that is a creation issue, a God ordered issue. That's even an, a concept of heaven issue. We have there's there's more fundamental questions to ask about existence that God has made and the way He saves us and what He saves us to. Other than, is it good enough to talk to each other via digitally? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. the answer ends up being, how has God made it and ordered it and promised it? And, is, and if so, is that best? Is that the best that it could possibly be? And I remember one guy in our uh, breakfast group that we had going for a while... Was asking questions about why the world is the way it is, and and I think he was thinking mostly about uh, about sin and evil and tornadoes and those kinds of things. Um, and I, I've thought a lot about that last few years. Why is the world the way that it that it is? And for me, it's it's just it's begged more of an of an ontological answer rather than just a good, evil answer in God's nature. Ontology being the study of the way things are. And my answer has become, for now, for better or worse, that things are the way they are because God is the way He is. And it's, it's not disconnected. It's not that God could have created a thousand worlds, but He chose this one in, in wisdom. No, that that would mean. Are you saying that there's a there could be a better world out there? God could have done better, but either in his motivation or his lack of power, he couldn't or didn't. That's middle knowledge.
0: We're, That's basically the tenets of middle knowledge. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. That there's you know there a number of possibilities, and this is one. Yeah, but that this is the way the world is because this is who God is, and even even sin. Even even the possibility of sin is an extension of the fact that that God is a redeemer and God is sovereign over sin. Uh, this might be getting into another day of the podcast, but the it, it, the world is the way it is because God is the way He is. It doesn't mean I'm not getting it. You know, if someone takes that and says, "Well, there's evil because God's evil," well, I'm I'm not getting anywhere close to that. Uh, but God has ordered the world, made the world, allowed the world, and been providentially seeing to his will in the world because he is the way he that he is. And if he's created an embodied world where we relate to one another in body and we um, have a gospel that's embodied and a hope and a future that's embodied, we do better to stick to being embodied in everything in everything that we do, on, on just on a principle level, you know. Yeah. And we could take that and run with it and say, well, God made us, you know, creative and you know, this is this is God's doing that He made us creative. Now we're creating virtual reality and we're kind of living out God's creativeness. Yeah. But you can see from the from the book that I that I read there there's an ironic switch of roles where we go from we go from being created and enjoying creator creation relationship and and we kind of want to flop roles where we create an environment and we create people and we create presence and and we make it the way we want it to be we we get on the outside of it and we look inside on presence through through technology rather than we're the created thing right yeah we we're, we're the virtual reality if that if the uh, that sentence sounds weird but we're god's creation not Which, not creators
0: i mean this is getting this is getting way down the road but this is essentially the tip of the iceberg I mean, yeah. there's things there's things happening right now with Neuralink, like with the oh, yeah. Musk's company, where yeah. you combine Neuralink and virtual reality. And there's potential in the future, long in the future, probably where you could actually download your brain into a virtual environment yes. so that your loved ones long after you die can interact with you and yeah. and which is mind boggling. That, that would ever be even a topic of conversation. But mm-hmm. so then what we're talking about now is not only altering the definition of presence, but also altering the definition of eternality mm-hmm. and everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a, a world being promised to you where it's better than you've ever had it. It's essentially heaven. Mm-hmm. Where you can be removed of all the constraints of the physical presence and you can have eternal life. And so what's what's that's the that's the biggest part of concern for me is that all of those terms, eternal life, presence, incarnate, all of those kinds of things, those terms get co-opted into the virtual environment. Mm-hmm. And so all the things that you're promising in Christianity, now become and, and in the gospel now become a oh oh yeah, I have those things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with those things. I have those things in this virtual world. And and I think that's where, you know, our, our message of the gospel needs to be abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's gonna be difficult because and I think really all we're doing now is kind of exposing the questions. You know, uh it's 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 one of those areas that we kind of have to really force ourselves to explore, to talk about, to think about, to just sort of analyze all the sides. And I don't know that I have all the great answers for it,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I know that there are some significant issues that we need to begin wrestling with even now if we're going to expect to be able to present the gospel in the future, mm-hmm. that it's not the virtual world that you're talking about. And what I'm talking about and what your experience of the virtual world is are two different things. When I talk about eternal life, I'm not talking about downloading your brain into a virtual existence. Mm -hmm. You know, when I talk about, um, heaven, I'm not talking about that, uh, you know, shedding the physical life and getting rid of all the constraints there, like would be promised in Gnosticism or Buddhism or any other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm talking about, uh, presence with the Lord. Physical presence with the Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the expectation of a bodily resurrection and eternal life, living bodily, in, in, incarnate with um, with all of our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's where we we end up having a real a real issue is in is in just introducing the gospel to the unbelieving world is that all of the terminology that we use gets co opted into the virtual environment. And mm-hmm. so people then begin to think that they've experienced what we're talking about. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult for us in the future to be able to differentiate what we're saying from the virtual world. And, um, and I think it's important. I think it's an important conversation to have.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for me, the, the metaverse video just made me realize that that's a question we we've got to be answering now. Yeah. And, and, and and to,
0: you know, to be clear, like I have no doubt that a virtual meeting is much better than zoom, right? Like I have no doubt. And I don't think it's inherently sinful to strap goggles on your face and, you know, interact with somebody instead of FaceTime, do it virtually. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's wrong at all. And that's not even what I'm saying, but, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, I think there is a qualitative difference between coming to church and being incarnate with the people that you call brother and sister, hearing their voices incarnate in the room with you um, than being being together virtually. I think that's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a huge misstep and and actually us gathering together physically is a is a a further communication of the gospel that we believe in. We believe in an incarnate Christ who Mm -hmm. came to us, not virtually, but physically. And I Mm -hmm. think that's important that we communicate that even with our own bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think you know a a prayer and a hope can be, as you think about America and the West kind of de-Christianizing culturally, it becomes an opportunity for the gospel, becomes an opportunity for a clarity about the gospel— when it's not a wash in cultural favoritism and cultural majoritism where it, it it gets lost in its meaning and essence because it's assumed in common and I think things like embodied presence you we will begin potentially to appreciate them more than ever and the gospel of an embodied Christ and an embodied heaven and an embodied resurrected Lord and an embodied return, the, these things become actually exciting and more appreciated, and more sought after, and more radical than ever. You might go to the grocery store, virtual reality. You might buy a car, virtual reality, and and we become sick of virtual reality, and we and we start wondering, who are we? What does it mean to be man? And then you discover a God-created world and a God-embodied, incarnate gospel. And an incarnate hope and future, and all of a sudden it stands out. And may God give us an even greater eagerness for embodied fellowship, presence with one another, um, uh, rather than than seeking the other. It, it could be a great opportunity for to see a, a real strong contrast between uh, you know false gnostic ideals of presence and experience, and the very real experience of, I mean, just, it, it makes coming to church on a Sunday morning and looking a preacher in the face, looking each other in the face, hugging, shaking hands, praying, and hearing each other singing in the same room with nothing else to do, who you really are, with the clothes you really have, it makes it a really radical thing. Mm-hmm. It makes it a really incredible thing.
0: I'm reminded of, of um, the passage in Scripture says, you know, against you know that he's talking about the i think it's paul i'm pretty sure it's paul and i I cannot remember the letter right now um but against the backdrop of the darkness you shine like stars Mm -hmm. um you know as the world progressively grows darker as terms get co-opted and and meanings changed and uh presence gets changed to a virtual presence and and the world promises all of these things that it can never possibly deliver on. Maintaining faithfulness mm-hmm. to the gospel, maintaining uh, the covenant bonds of church membership, and being in person with one another, worshiping the Lord together with one another. Um, I think against the backdrop of all that the virtual world promises, it's gonna. It will cause in the minds of some, not all. But in the minds of some, the church to really shine like stars. I think mm-hmm. against the backdrop of the night sky. So it's there. There is a, a, a an optimistic
1: future as well. It's not all dark. Mm. And, and maybe you could even say a, you know, the the light dark illustration, but the, you know, an actually an actual living body, walking yeah. among computers and screens. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like a life, walking around, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, in in a world full of screens and electricity, and I don't even, I don't know what computers are made of, but you see where I'm going. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so basically, our gospel
0: is going to be like unplugged from the matrix. Is that the is that going to be? <laughs> you do,
1: I you know, I I can see that being a relevant sermon series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome it's coming back awesome Sounds man good. hope you have a good way so artificial well, intelligence maybe not next week but soon but so- soon and then and and you'll be actually incarnate with me in a couple weeks hey good thought maybe we could maybe we could keep up our our own convictions and actually do a podcast in person
0: yeah yeah there you go and you're gonna be preaching at my church in just a yep. couple weeks Which we're gonna one? go play
1: golf and you're gonna have to actually live with your actual score yeah <laughs> we golf you mean we golf is that what you meant (laughs) yeah we we are going (laughs) to play golf that's what i mean
0: (laughs) oh we are going to play golf (laughs) are you sure not we're gonna play we golf isn't that what you meant i think
1: oh man all right see you soon have a good week yeah
0: all right talk to you later listening to the Fire and Bones podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. Consider leaving us a generous review if that's an option for you, and most importantly, share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it. Be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links, including our contact information. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Fire and Bones podcast we we'll